The reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 7, verses 36 to 50. If you're following it in the Church Bibles, it's on page 1036. Good morning, everyone. So here we are, start of the new year. We have started that uh, series of sermon, which we call A Table with Jesus. And we are going to look in January and February at eight meals in the book of Luke, in the Gospel of Luke. And uh, eight is a beautiful number in the Bible. It's seven plus one, as you know. And seven is an important number, seven days of creation, six days God created, the seventh God rested, the Sabbath day, and the eighth uh, day for the fathers, the first Christian theologian, the eighth day was the day of the new creation. And it's the day of perfection, of complete completion. So it's interesting that Luke, in his gospel, ending with Emmaus Road, as some of you know, which is the, the, the resurrected Jesus, the risen Jesus with his disciple at Emmaus. So seven, seven weeks, uh, eight weeks on the meals with Jesus. Last week we started with Luke 5, and today we are in uh, Luke 7. And, and, and meals are a fascinating topic. I love sharing meals with family, with friends, with uh, strangers, really. And um, there are so many cultural laws or rules uh, associated with meal here in this country in England, but also back in the time, uh, at the time of Jesus. So it seems that Jesus in Luke's gospel is either going to a meal or at a meal or coming back from a meal. It's really striking. And, and a lot of these parables as well, uh, for example, um, um, the prodigal son in Luke 15 ending with a big feast when the son is back to uh, his father. And just a few verses before our reading, this is what Jesus says uh, his opponents are saying about him. We read in Luke 7 verse 34, the son of man, and Jesus is speaking as if he, was, um, he heard that from his opponents. The son of man came eating and drinking. And you say, he is a gluten and a drunkyard. His opponents during Jesus' time uh, see, uh, saw Jesus as, as a drunk, drunker and a, a gluten, someone who eats too much, someone who drinks too much. So that's interesting that we're going to discover more about Jesus' nature, character, and identity through meals. And today we're going to speak about, I'm going to speak about worship and forgiveness. Last week, some of you were here, we, 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 we started with that meal when Jesus uh, met with Levi, who is a, a, a tax collector, who was a tax collector, and the theme was really extravagant grace. And Jesus said this verse, amazing verse um, about um, him. Jesus saying, I have not come uh, to see a doctor, as a doctor to see the... the, the um, um, I'm just reading it, it's maybe easier, but um, it says that it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but those who are ill. And Jesus continues, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinner to repentance. And last week we saw about this extravagant grace that is offered. So that's the journey we are offering uh, 
to each other for these two months. Let's pray a little bit now. Father God, thank you so much for your amazing grace. Thank you so much that you came not for the righteous, but, but for those who know they are sinners. Thank you that you came uh, as a doctor, not uh, for those who are not ill, but for those who are sick, Lord. So we pray this morning that you came by your spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. In your name, Jesus, amen. Would you agree that we've got uh, issues in our world today? Big question, but I think we can all agree that there are many issues in our world today. And the root of this problem is our separation with God. The root of our problems in our lives, in our society, is our separation with God and, though, and then separation with others. We build walls, isn't it? Not only in the States at the moment, but everywhere, to be honest. You know, um, since the fall of the Berlin Wall in uh, 1989, we, we, as humanity, we have built six times more walls in the whole world. Um, some sociologists and uh, historians counted 11 walls in the world in 1988. And now we've got 66 walls between nations, between countries. And uh, it's not finished. Walls of separation between nations. Cultural separation and religious separation. The heart of the human problem is the problem of the human hearts. All our hearts need to be reconnected, reconciled with God. And the Bible calls um, the problem sin. The problem is that sin separates us from God. It excludes us, it uh, excludes us from God, separates us from God, but from, from others. It pollutes us, sin pollutes us. And all of us, including religious leaders, we all have that need of forgiveness, forgiveness. And Jesus offers a new life. And Jesus is able to transform our life, to transform societies, families, countries, cities. He's able to turn the world upside down. As I said last week in Luke 5, Jesus met with Levi, a tax collector. And in the ancient world, you have had these many rules um, for Pharisees, dietary rules. We, you wouldn't uh, share meals if you were a Pharisee. Um, with Romans, with pagans, with women if you were a man, or with so-called impure people. In ancient culture, you had this notion of uh, table fellowship. And of course, you would keep yourself pure if you were a Pharisee um, by separation, by building walls around you, because you want to follow the, the law. And you know, Pharisees people, they are not necessarily bad people, but they want to follow their law and carefully. And of course, they found eating with uh, Gentiles very difficult for them. So walls are erected. But Pharisees were generally quite rich people. They can afford not to eat with um, Romans, the occupants. But poor people, for example, the crowd, 
as we speak in the Bible, people of the land, the uneducated, they had to work, they had to associate, they had to, um, yeah, to, 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 to associate with Romans. They were not able to keep the directory laws of the Jewish law. And this morning in our text, we are introduced with Simon. We know that he is a Pharisee. He wants to know Jesus. Um, if you read between chapter five and, five and seven, we discover Jesus who is teaching. It's uh, called the mini little Sermon of the Mount of Luke's Gospel. And he's teaching and also he has this argument with Pharisees. So maybe Simon uh, has heard uh, about this argument, but he is curious. And so he invites Jesus and, um, to his home. Maybe it's just a social curiosity. Maybe he's not really interested in what Jesus would say. Maybe it's just a, a way of entertaining his home and um, like um, when you would invite to your place a, a new person that has shown up in, 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 a, in a region and, and you would invite friends around. But Jesus is invited in his home. He's reclining, reclining as he eats. So it means that he was on a couch eating. And there is this amazing scene, that woman who is already excluded by many in her own community because of her life. She's economically, certainly economically enslaved and, and, and excluded as well by Simon religiosity. She has uh, been also in some ways separated, been separated from God. And we see that dynamic of table exclusion that is going on. Everything about that woman is wrong at that moment. She does not belong here. She does not belong to the Pharisee party. And the actions she performs are really just um, unacceptable, inappropriate in that setting. And of course, Simon thought that Jesus, if he is a prophet, should avoid contact with that woman because she's a, a prostitute. But Jesus is passive. He does nothing. And, and we, we read in verse 39 that Simon uh, the Pharisee says in himself, in his heart, if that man was a prophet, he would know who is touching him, what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. But she knew she had a need for forgiveness. She had a need for forgiveness. And Jesus wel welcomes her because Jesus welcomes sinners and Jesus offers her forgiveness. You know, Jesus is acknowledging her many sins when he, he will give to Simon that parable of uh, death that one has. But she is forgiven and Jesus sees her heart. You know, uh, verse uh, 50, um, at the end of our passage this morning, verse 50, Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you go in peace. Jesus is not a moral teacher, first of all. He's far greater than that. Last week, we celebrated Epiphany, the King of Kings, the manifestation of King Jesus. He's the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe. And that woman has understood something of that. And a separation with God, uh, the walls that have been built in her life uh, between her and God and others, 
were now being been destroyed and, 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 and the chiasm was now being bridged. She was forgiven, she was being left in peace. And then Jesus gives a parable to uh, Simon about forgiveness and, and debts. You know, let's imagine um, you were that amazing painter and you were back in your hometown and you see in a window of a shop one of your masterpieces that is there but it's um, not in a great state, the frame is broken, the painting is scratched and dirty, but it, were, it is your painting you're seeing there. You couldn't say in the shop and going there, it's my painting, I want to, to get, get it back. You have to pay for it to get it back and then you have to restore it, to reframe it. That's what Jesus did when he came on earth during his life, ministry, life and death. God knows us. He knows everything about us. It's not that God is, you know, uh, appalled by our sins. He knows that we've got that issue of sins that separates, separated us from him. We are cut off from, from his life. You know, the, what the Bible says that um, the wages of sin is death. Our life will end. But God wants to give us new life and life eternal because God loves us. Sometimes we think there are no consequences about our sin. There are consequences, it does matter. Society and, and culture makes us think there is no consequences, but there is. And the funny thing is that passage is that the religious leader thought by excluding others, keeping his laws, he would uh, be forgiven. But Jesus is teaching something different. Is in the same boat than the woman separated from God. He's just saying that it works like an overdraft in a bank account. If I have an overdraft, you've got an overdraft. You can't help me. I can't help you. The only one who can help you is someone in credits. And Jesus did that on the cross. He came to rescue us, to set us free we are offered forgiveness, forgiveness for everything in the past, everything in the present. So Jesus welcomes sinners, you see at this meal, but sinners also welcome Jesus. Simon is very interesting because Simon is the host who is not really the host, and she, the woman, is the host who is not really the guest. And she shows uh, an extravagant love towards Jesus in our passage. It's an amazing picture of grace and love and worship as well. The woman is aware that she's been forgiven, is aware of a need of forgiveness. And what is she doing in response of faith? Probably the woman has already seen Jesus or heard Jesus preaching. We don't know about that, the text doesn't say that. But uh, maybe she was present in the previous meal at Levi, I don't know, and, and the previous chapter of the Bible. But now she loved Jesus. She's pouring out this perfume of great cost at, at his feet. 
and she loved Jesus because he first loved her. You know, Jesus' parable is really practical and simple. Um, if you forgive someone, they love you. And it's interesting that Simon hasn't shown the courtesy of his time. He hasn't prepared water for Jesus' feet. He hasn't uh, poured oil. And Simon and the woman, they both wanted to see Jesus. One, probably Simon, out of curiosity. And the other woman, because she needed grace, she needed forgiveness. They're both in the presence of Jesus. They're both listening to Jesus. But one of them, the woman, is transformed and changed. And the other, Simon, is detached, confused, maybe. One has an eruption of joy and love, and the other is sent away confused and condemned. Why is the difference? Why the difference? You know, this morning, everybody in this room is in the presence of Jesus. Everybody in this presence of Jesus. Not only in the presence of a, a French priest in the Church of England, which is strange, but you are ultimately listening to the Word of God and in the presence of Jesus by His Spirit. And I believe Jesus is able to do the same today that he did for that woman. You know, when you came and read about Jesus in the Bible, when you came and pray, when you, came, when you come and, and, and sing, you are in the presence of Jesus. So everybody here will be like Simon or the woman. Everybody in this room will go away later uh, as Simon, maybe detached, maybe confused or angry even, or like this woman totally transformed. Now, which are you? Are you Simon or are you like the woman? Two people in front of the same person, Jesus, seeking something, listening to the same message, one change, one not. Why? I think she is aware of her need for forgiveness. She's willing uh, to come with her all person, personal commitment. She's committed. She, she shows vulnerability. What is she doing? You know, crying, weeping at Jesus' feet with her, her hair. That's, that's pretty much big vulnerability. Question this morning, are, are you willing to open your heart? Are you willing to open your heart to Jesus, to show that vulnerability, to let the barriers, the walls of your heart um, fall down. You know, I said that sin enslaves, uh, sin separates, uh, and um, sometimes as a, mean, a means of survival, we, we, we build walls, we protect ourselves. But Jesus, uh, I believe, voice is calling this morning. You need forgiveness, I need forgiveness. You need to be set free from anxiety, from past experience, from violence, from anger. So Jesus, he is, is who he says he is, the creator, the redeemer. It's interesting that in our meal today, Jesus is revealing his character, his God. He's the one who can forgive uh, people. People are shocked by that during the meal. And so that woman, um, she's an amazing uh, worshiper. She pours that perfume, that Chanel number no. five, 
quest cost at the feet of Jesus. This is extravagant love, extravagant worship, because she experienced extravagant grace. My question this morning is really simple. Are you Simon, are you a woman? Have you experienced forgiveness in your life? And have you experienced that love that comes then? And that ability to worship? Every Sunday we gather here at 10.30. 10.30, not 11, not 10.45. To worship the Lord. And does it cost you to come at 10.30? I don't know. But we come to worship the one that gave his life. The King of Kings. She's offending others, surely, because she's not in that box. But she give and bless the Lord. She's worshiping the Lord at her feet, at his feet. And the gift of her worship is total, complete. She broke that perfume of great cost. Worship costs the best of us, the best of our money, the best of our time, 10.30 every Sunday, the best of everything in our life. It's not just raising your hands, hello, I'm there, God. Worship is much more than that. And she is, right at the beginning of Luke's gospel, the prototype of, of a great worshiper, a great believer, a great disciple. Worshiping. It's not only on Sunday morning, I'm stressing that, but it's every day. What is it that costs you in your worship in, during the day, tomorrow, Mondays, Monday, and, and, and so on? We all need forgiveness. But the good news is that Jesus is welcoming us. And as a response from that extravagant love, grace that Jesus is showing, God is showing, we can come into worship, to worship him. Amen.